Welcome to Unchained, the radio program which addresses the challenges facing Christians today with short, pithy presentations, presenting a vigorous defense for Christianity's claim that the Holy Bible is God's inspired word. This series deconstructs the arguments of evolutionists, anti-theists, atheists, and other enemies of the Holy Bible. Here is your host, Pastor Rod Anderson. Hi, I'm Rod Anderson. The late Christopher Hitchens was an experienced campaigner when it came to debating Christians into a corner, and he would proceed to extricate from them the most terrible acknowledgments. Time and time again, he would attack his Christian opponents in relation to the hypocrisy of their stated beliefs. Let me give you just one example. Ontologically, limbo exists for those who believe in it just as God does. I'm not here to deny that. It's only a few decades now since the rival church, Church of Rome, uh, the Church of England, announced that really no one actually goes to hell. It could be that after you die, you're forbidden God's grace, but there's no real place of eternal, unending, infinite torture and torment with which those who claimed the grace of God and the redemption of Jesus made a living for so many years. And how do they make their living? By lying to children. Think of it, hundreds and hundreds of years of people proudly earning their keep by lying to children and terrifying them and saying that because they could do that, they were morally superior to us. Reason, common sense, decency, ordinary decency rebels against this kind of mind-forged manacle, however charmingly or humorously it's expressed. But hell exists in the minds of several people I've spoken to just today on this campus in the, in the intervals of, uh, of other conversations. Uh, for them, it's real. Here, Christopher Hitchin rails against a teaching that Christians hold to, but which is not even in the Bible. And on such encounters, Christians would gloat over the discomfort of his fallen opponent, which was typically uh, followed up with a feeble rejoinder from the hapless Christian professor or priest or bishop, even reverend, minister or pastor, which in effect would further implicate Christians as credulous. And it's sad to me, and an indictment on some, not all, but an indictment on some, that they would say they represent Christianity and are intent on winning men and women to Jesus Christ, but who have not reflected on the doctrines they promulgate, and as a result, set themselves up for an embarrassing fall when questioned by competent thinkers who identify two things. One, is the unreasonable nature and sheer stupidity of their beliefs, and two, those same doctrines do not bear up under biblical scrutiny. Furthermore, if a Christian claims that parts of the Bible are no longer relevant today, in effect they surrender the entire Bible to the weight services of the local shire. If some of it's irrelevant, then all of it is irrelevant because the Bible writers declared the sum total of Scripture comes from God. Either they are mistaken, correct, or what are they? If correct, then we should listen to what the Bible says. And if mistaken, then we can happily discard it. But to the contrary, the apostles Paul declared all scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. When Paul used the term all scripture, he was referring to the Bible as he knew it. We call it the Old Testament today. Paul was not hesitant. He had no doubt that God had inspired holy men of old to write the scriptures. Some dreadful statements have been made by nominal Christians from the public platform to the gratitude of atheists, animists and agnostics who gleefully applaud and mock the stupidity of these credulous surface readers. One well-noted English Christian professor and debater, I will not name him, stated that there are many things in the Bible that are hard to explain and he wished they were not there. And he cited the passage in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 which says, There is no other name under heaven or earth by which a man can be saved. But then he lamented the fact that he understands the terrible, terrible consequences of those words. And in his view, they can mean but one thing. The only persons who will be saved are those that accept Jesus Christ as their saviour and everyone else will be lost and cast into the pits of eternal torment and hell fire if that existed. What piffle. What absolute nonsense. The Bible does not teach that anywhere. And here we see the danger of building an entire theology on one verse in the Bible. And it is clear that this man who misrepresents God and the Bible knows not the far first and is ignorant of the latter. Jesus' vicarious death was not only for those who lived in the last 2,000 years and were fortunate enough to be born in, in, the, in the country with a Judeo-Christian heritage, but Jesus Christ's sacrifice was for every person who has ever existed. Jesus' own words in John 3.16 declare that very thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. These words of Jesus are completely dismantle such fallacious teachings which should be viewed as absurd by any fair-minded thinking person. Jesus in John 3.16 that God loved the world, not part of the world, not just recent generations, forgetting the uncounted billions who existed before his birth. Jesus' death was not to the exclusion of people who lived in Central Africa before David Livingstone arrived, or those in Burma before Judson brought the light of the gospel there. No, Jesus was for all mankind. Jesus' sacrifice was for everyone who have ever existed. The silliness of accepting such a teaching is further underscored by the words of Jesus himself, who taught that Abraham and Isaac and others will be in the kingdom, recorded in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11. Jesus says this, And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. None of the aforementioned heard the name of Christ, but Jesus said they will be saved. The people who come from the east and west, will all of them have heard the name of Jesus Christ? 
No. Will all of them have accepted the gospel? How could they? Would they have held a Bible or read a Bible? Of course not. But Jesus said that those people living up to the light that God has given them through the moving of the Holy Spirit upon their consciences will be in God's kingdom. Christians need to think. Ministers need to reason. Theologians and professors need to reflect on the damage they are doing to Christianity and the good name of God. Jesus' death was for was all-encompassing. It was for all mankind. His death paid the price for every person's sins that have ever existed. End of story. Not just for a fortunate few. I'm not talking about universalism now, which falsely teaches that everyone is going to be saved because that is not biblical. But God judges, forgives, or declares guilty, deems righteous or unrighteous based on what a person does with the heavenly light given them through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, moving upon their consciences, wooing them to move forward faithfully in harmony with God's will for their lives. And I want you to be intelligent to these great truths that God has illuminated mankind with. And to that end, I want to first recommend a video presentation that you can find on YouTube. And it is a message that I gave entitled Hell and Fire, or Hellfire and Eternal Suffering in the Bible. Is it true? Don't bridle at the title, but in that you will learn what the Bible says or what it actually teaches on the existence of a subterranean place called hell. And secondly, I want to send you a free 20 five-part series of Bible reading guides called The Orchard Faith of Jesus Studies, which will see you come to grips with the most important truths of the Bible and will also answer those big questions that held all thinking men and women today. And all you have to do to receive them is send me an email with your name, postal address and phone number two. Info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au. That is info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au. Or go to our website, theorchardmelbourne.org.au, and go to the tab mark, contact us, follow the prompts, and you will have them in no time at all. Sadly, our time has come to a close today, but I look forward to being with you next time. Remember, the truth has nothing to fear from investigation. I'm Rod Anderson. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Unchained. We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson. Coming up next, we have a song by Reggie and Lady Love Smith from their album, Calvary, Love Found a Way. And the song is called, I Will Glory in the Cross.
trophy 